so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Hey guys. H. Allen Scott here, flying solo. Carrie's back in Los Angeles, but I am in New York City on a special golden assignment. Yes, you guys have sent us the link, you've sent us the pictures, the news articles, everything about that Golden Girls show, the one that features the puppets that are the Golden Girls. Well, I'm in New York City, and I'm about to speak with the creator of that Golden Girl show. His name's Jonathan Rockefeller. He's Australian. I tried not to make fun of his accent. Uh, and it's, it's I, I, I'm so, I'm standing outside the theater, and I'm looking at these massive sort of pictures of the ladies in puppet form, and it's raining. This is the devotion that we have, guys. It's raining outside, and I'm here... I'm about to go in and speak to these people and hopefully meet one of the actors who voiced the puppets. So let's go do this. So guys, I'm sitting here with Jonathan Rockefeller who created that Golden Girl show, the puppet show that you guys have obsessively been telling us about. Uh, it's so great to be to meet you. It's great to be here. And I just want to say when he says I'm sitting here, he's sitting at the kitchen table in the Golden Girls kitchen, which is kind of fun and exciting to do. And I have to tell you guys, I mean, I understand this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but we'll post pictures and stuff. But they have done such an incredible job at replicating a sort of a smaller version of the living room and the kitchen. Who Tell us about the design of the set. Yeah, well, we've got a great uh, set designer, David Goldstein, who does fabulous work. And what we needed to do is to create a puppet-friendly... Uh, set which is truncated because puppets are smaller than people, although ours are very, very big heads. Um, but we needed to create the space that the puppeteers can move around in and it be very, very faithful to the show. So it had a multitude of tasks to achieve. Uh, David did a great job because he he went through the inspiration and he went through the fridge. It's an operational fridge with where we put our cheesecake made of plastic. Uh, but, you know, we've got our banana print walls. We've got our tins on the wall. We've got the vase next to the front door. Everything is that you know and love about the Golden Girls set is actually here, right down to the tablecloth. It's incredible, guys. I'm I'm very impressed. So speaking of inspiration, let's just start at the beginning. How the hell did all of this come about? Oh, look, it probably started the same way your podcast started, you know, with a lot of alcohol and, and watching the Golden Girls. <laughs> uh, but, but genuinely, this is, is a love letter to the Golden Girls, if you will. It, it's, it's taking seven seasons and truncating the experience down into 90 minutes. So it's like watching a mega mixtape of your favorite Golden Girls moments and your favorite Golden Girls things woven into a new plot. So we don't have a complex plot because the Golden Girls didn't really do that, but we've got a very simple plot which revolves around Stan and a bit of scheming by Sophia and the usual. Uh, but it's getting all those moments. So we make reference to, I think it, we tallied it up. There's probably making reference to around about 40 different episodes throughout the entire season. So of little in-jokes and little sets, we've got uh, props that appear like the Butter Queen trophy 
and Fernando the teddy bear and different things come in and out. Disco balls descend from the ceiling during a seduction scene. So it's all in there. It's just about presenting the most fun experience that we can for anyone. And how did you come about with even thinking that this idea was possible to do a Golden Girls puppet show? Uh, Well, to tell the full story, I wrote a screenplay which went absolutely nowhere about 10 years ago. And it was set in a retirement village um, and it was called Coming of Age, which was being ironic because it was all about these retirees who were smoking and drinking and having sex and, you know, and there was a lot of synergy with that and the humour of the Golden Girls. So then... It was an inspiration, I guess, of, of a moment to decide to use that sensibility and that sense of humour and put it on stage with puppets. Because if you can't have Rue McClanahan and B. Arthur on stage, what is the next best thing that you can use? It's a cartoon or it's a puppet. And I think that's why people really, really embrace our show and really enjoy being here because the mannerisms that the puppets can do, your mind fills in the blanks that it is almost like coming to a taping of the show or watching those great performers on stage doing their shtick. And I think that's why people really, really embrace puppets because, well, let's face it, who doesn't like puppets? Unless you're talking about Alf or something, I don't know. But, you know. I loved Alf. Oh, well, it's another 80s inspiration. But, you know, there's something about a lot of us, we grew up with Sesame Street, we grew up watching The Muppets, Puppets are fun, but also it's not marionette, it's not Punch and Judy. There is the sense of humour, we're more forgiving. So the language we could be a little cruder with because we're giving it to a puppet. So how could sweet little innocent Sophia say these lines because and take that a bit step further? She can because she's a puppet. So that was one of the reasons to bring puppets into it as well. And how did you create the puppets? I mean, that must have been a feat. <laughs> Uh, well, the first, uh, I mean, our puppets for this, this show uh, were done by my team at Rockefeller Productions and uh, Joel Gennari in particular designed uh, these ones and built them um, along with a bit of help. There's a whole team. There's a lot of hands to build in a puppet show um, because one of the things we do, and I'm, I, I digress, is uh, we, for every costume change, we have to build another body because you can't do costume scenes really quickly and we do have a lot of those costume moments of shoulder pads and jazzercise outfits and the funeral dress and all these little things that you'll see but we just watched the jazzercise episode oh perfect wonderful well there's a lot of there's a lot of bling on our puppets uh, but you know it, it to to get the character caricatures right we actually started by drawing caricatures of the performers and what would they look like in cartoon form and then took that into building it into what does that look like being built and they did a fantastic job of pulling these designs together into what they actually really look like and what was the process of the show from idea to where we are now like what was the time frame uh, well, there was bef- before we came to that Golden Girls show, there was a, another production of the show in Australia called Thank You for Being a Friend, which I co-wrote with a friend of mine. Um, that was a totally different concept to this one. That was literally as though the Golden Girls was still around in 2015 or, or 2013 when we wrote it. And it had Kardashian jokes and all this kind of stuff. And so it was a different construct. 
Before that, we did a, a stand-up comedy routine of it. But this, bringing it into this zone, was being, as I said, the mega mixtape. So it was bringing a whole new concept of what is it like, the, what is the ultimate Golden Girls experience that we can bring to the stage. And we've got rotating scripts as well, which is really interesting and different for a live theatre show. We're about to move into doing the Christmas special episodes, whereas this week it's one plot, next week it's a slightly different one. So we're really, it's a different way of approaching it as well. And, and I guess that's the, the genesis. So how, how long did it all take? Well, the script writing process itself um, to write this script probably took around about three months but that was with a lot of workshops with performers, a lot of how do we make this work with puppets, um, a couple of readings. And then we had a format that kind of works. And then it's very easy to build out, just like you have with the television series, of where can you build out once you have the format in place. And how did you find the actors to voice the puppets and move with the puppets? That's a challenge because generally you will have someone who's very, very good at doing a B. Arthur impression but has no puppeting skills whatsoever. Or you'll find someone who is brilliant at a puppeteer but cannot do, uh, you know, like Sophia or something. So it, it was real balance. The first thing we wanted to do when they came into the, the room to audition was, you know, do some lines for the script. So they were given a scene to play in that role and they had to deliver it in the in the lines if if they couldn't quite get it that was kind of where we called it uh if they were good then we put a puppet on them see how their puppeting experience was and you can sort of tell when you work with a puppeteer how good they are or how good they can get with the right amount of training um but this is very particular everyone's got their opinions of what these characters do and what they look like and what they sound like so we couldn't stuff it up <laughs> yeah. That's what's so interesting when you go, I mean, I'm sure you've seen these shows as well, but there's the drag sort of versions of they do an episode and there seems to be in every major city, there's a drag version of the Golden Girls. And oftentimes, you know, it's a caricature of sort of what B. Arthur was really like. And so it's so interesting to see the interpretations of the characters 30 years later and how, and, and then to see them in puppet form. I mean, that's like... That's a mind fuck. Well, I actually think that's one of our advantages. When you're seeing a drag performer doing it, that person is doing an impersonation of what they believe that person is. When you have a puppet, the puppet only has one expression. Um, like, literally, it's frozen in that position. And, but it's the, the mannerisms that we paint into it, the vo voice that we paint into it, and your mind starts to focus into this object and everything that you remember your mind sort of fills in the blanks and, and with big brushstrokes. And so where there's, it's almost like that we give more of a resemblance of what the essence of the character is, as opposed to being so literal as this is our inter my interpretation of Blanche and this is it. The audience is actually, without knowing it, filling in a lot of the gaps. And that's what's really fun because it's not like we're being exactly right of being be Arthur but the mannerisms that the puppet can do because it's it's almost more animated and more exaggerated you go along with it more yeah and it's fun it's stupid and it's silly because it's a puppet so you know 
So you've had at the show, I mean, we, I saw just recently you had Stan Zimmerman, who's a, been a past guest and a friend to this podcast. Uh, anyone else from that notable that's come to see the show? A couple of people. I mean, we have Jim Colucci, who wrote The Golden Girls. Also a past guest of the <laughs> podcast. Uh, and we've had B. Arthur's son and he, uh, B. Arthur's grandchildren came and saw the show. Although... I'm not sure how it would have gone. They, his kids are about seven and five years old and seeing an angry, swearing version of your grandmother. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what stories he told them. But we also had uh, Estelle Getty's nephew come came as well. And so it's just wonderful to see this sort of love fest of, of and a celebration of anyone who had things to do with the original show can come along and really celebrate what it's all about and laugh at the artifices of the show. I mean, we have a lot of in-jokes in the script as well about Stan re-entering all the time and saying the same lines or uh, the recurring nature of different props. We've got, you know, we've got a whole uh, little scenes that come in with Fernando and, and the Butter Queen trophy I think I mentioned earlier and different things like that. So there's little tidbits for everyone in this show. For every true fan that would actually get some of those things. Well, the first thing that I looked at when I came on set was the dick on the wall, which you don't have, unfortunately. But, you know, that's okay because a dick on a wall is very distracting. Um, <laughs> now, uh, before, you know, we go, I th- this show runs in New York City until December 31st. Is there any chance that it'll go on the road, it'll go elsewhere, maybe Los Angeles, San Francisco, any other major cities? Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Uh, we are on sale here in New York right now, but we want to take this show everywhere. If you're a Golden Girls fan, you absolutely deserve to see this show. If you're not a Golden Girls fan, you deserve to see it to become a Golden Girls fan. Uh, yes, we're going to take it around. We're just working it out, but like us on Facebook, do all that kind of jazz, spread the word. If you want us in your theater, let us know, but it's a, it's a really fun show. And where can people go to find out in the future where it might be going? Yeah, so our website is thatgoldengirlsshow.com and we're also on Facebook on the same name, That Golden Girls Show. You can find us everywhere at Puppets, Golden Girls, it'll pop up. (laughs) Google it. And we, of course, will be providing a link on our webpage and Facebook and all the other social things that you have to do. This is amazing. I'm really excited to see the puppets and to, to, to just have met you. This is a really great job. Every Golden Girls fan sincerely says thank you. Uh, is this? Oh my God, it's Dorothy. Are you the actor for Dorothy too? Here, let's. Oh, you want to see the tattoo? Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's really incredible. So what's your name? Michael Lamasa. And Michael, you play Dorothy. You do the the voice for Dorothy. Guys, I have to describe Dorothy to you. Dor- now, this is Dorothy has many different outfits, correct? Uh, yes, she has two in the show that she wears. There's uh, this is her uh, her day to day outfit, which is your typical flowy shoulder paddy look. And then uh, she has her jazzercise outfit as well, which is the black and white like sparkle leotard with the long white sleeves okay. and a black and white and a black headband. I'm obsessed. Um, uh, totally obsessed. Guys, Dorothy looks... There's a drag queen in L.A. This, the Dorothy looks a lot like... Like, very, very similar to... If you change the hair on it, it could actually look like Alan Rickman as well. <laughs> but... R.I.P. R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Oh, so how, as the voice of Dorothy, how... What was the audition process like for you, and how did you get the part? Um... I, 
the gentleman who built these puppets, his name is Joel Gennari. Uh, he and I worked together um, at Playhouse Disney Live at Disneyland years ago, and I'd known Joel for a long while. And when Joel was involved with this project, and we were about to do the reading here in New York, uh, he called me up and he said, I... I think that you need to come in and read for this. And I said, I would love to. I'm a huge Golden Girls fan. And I came in, I read for the show. Uh, and I, I met Jonathan and that's how I got involved with the whole thing. And uh, I've been a huge Golden Girls fan from, from, gosh, I was incredibly young when I started watching the show. Uh, and so it sort of came naturally to me that, uh, that B. Arthur comic style and all that. It was uh, something that was really fun for me to do. I had the same thing when I was a kid. My, I'm a stand-up and I would set the, my first jokes to the beat of how Dorothy would deliver a line because that was how we had to do it. Now, can you do a Dorothy voice for us? Is that is that too much out of place? Uh, no, it's it's. Uh, I usually have like a, a lot of people ask me to do the voice, and I usually have to sort of like kind of start a story to get into it. I guess. Um, <laughs> Please, we would love that. Sure. I think. Uh, well, one of the first things. Well, what we've been doing, we, we've been going over our, our our holiday script, which has been really fun. And uh, so Dorothy's first line when she walks into the show, she walks in, she sees Blanche, and she goes, "Oh, hi, Blanche," in this like low voice, you know. And then she goes into this whole moment about. And sort of like the first episode of the show where she walks in, she talks about, um, I just had the most exhausting parent teacher night I, and, and about kids and, and, and how awful they are and the world is changing so fast. It's hard to catch a breath. And so she has her first lines and in the holiday script, it's just so B. Arthur. She walks in and deadpan, she goes, I'm so glad it's almost the holidays. There's a pause for a moment. And then she goes right back into her normal lines, <laughs> which is so great. And so, but being able, it's luckily her, her voice isn't all that different from mine. And so <laughs> just being a, just being a man and having a, a man's voice, it's really not that different from having B. Arthur's voice. And do you want to go when the show goes elsewhere outside of New York? Do you want to stick with the show? I mean, can you make Golden Girls your career? Uh, I would love doing this for as long as possible. I've had so much fun doing it here in New York and I've had so much fun listening to the audience respond uh, to, to seeing this live on stage and just walking out onto the stage with the puppet and, it's, and, and the reaction that that gets. I could do that every day for forever. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and if we do get to go elsewhere around the country, I would love to share this with, with, uh, with as many people as possible. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah. Well, you do a great Dorothy. I will say that. And the guys, this, I can't tell you this puppet is just so impressive. You have to go to the website and check out the photos of these puppets. I mean, they're, and we'll of course post on our website, everything as well. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. Well, that was just great. I mean, I can't say enough about Michael and and Jonathan and just everyone involved in this show. If you guys are in New York City, it runs until December 31st. Uh, You can just go to thatgoldengirlsshow.com and see information. And if you're not in New York City, tell your friends that are in New York City to come see this show. And look forward to possibly it going on the road in the future, maybe to a city near you. I'm back out in the rain here in New York City in Union Square. Uh, You guys can follow me, of course, at H. Allen Scott on everything. And go to outonthelanai.com for everything GG. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Golden Girls Podcast. And on Twitter, 
Golden Girls Pod. And if you want to make a donation, you can go to patreon.com slash Golden Girls Podcast and set up a one-time donation or a monthly donation because, hey, I'm here in New York. We can do more things like this. All kinds of fun things. So guys, again, thanks for listening to this special episode this week. And next week, we'll be back with... Carrie and I, I'll be reunited. We'll probably sing or something. We won't sing, actually. You don't want to hear us sing. But it'll be great. We're going to be back to our regularly scheduled episode next week. Thanks again for listening, you guys. And remember, stay golden. Stay golden.